You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Well, good morning, Audacious Church. Good morning, Chester. Good morning, Geneva. Good morning, Rwanda. Good morning, Sheffield. Manchester North. Manchester South. Who? Cardiff. Oh, that's Welsh. That's me. Where? Hawaii. And um, where did you go yesterday? The Abbey. Welcome to the church in the Abbey online today. Amen. Well, grab your seat. So good to be here. You love Jesus? Six of you. That's good. Do you love Jesus? Wow, look at you guys. Whoa, you're doing a good job here. Amazing. Look at you. I've been through every part of the journey of this church. And this is awesome. This is awesome. You, you, sh- you should give yourself a big hand. Awesome. And I've known Glyn and Sophie for a very long time and uh, have the honour of doing life with them. And um, I just felt before I would start today, and you know, Glyn and Sophie and do not like words about them. They're always about, you know, don't say too much. Um, but... Th- I had these whole words come to me about you guys today, and this is what I want to honour you for. You're infectious. Whenever people are around you guys, you, you just light people's lives up. You're infant-like, and that's not a bad thing. You have this infant faith that says we can believe for the impossible, and Jesus says we need to come like a child. As we come like a child and we believe, God does the, the miraculous, you're intelligent. So you're not just an infant, you're an intelligent people. Pastor Glenn, this is to you. You're insensitive to all Manchester United supporters. <laughs> but you are a person of influ- people of influence. I sit on probably the largest charismatic Pentecostal group. I'm the uh, Vice President and Pastor Glenn sits on it as well. And it is... His influence is amazing, not just here, not just in Great Britain, but globally. And their influence is amazing. They're also people that are in love with each other, but they're in love with you. And they love you so much. I hear about Audacious Church all the time, how amazing you are, how incredible you are, how great the staff are. They're in love with you. They, they would die for you. They would live for you. They're in love with you. And the last word that I got with I was you are people of integrity. You have high integrity and you live by integrity and your people operate in integrity. So we honour you today and we thank God for you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Really, thank you. We appreciate you. I'm, I'm, I'm an Australian, so I'm not into fluff. Australians don't just say things. Uh, I, I really believe that you, uh, we were at the World Pentecostal Fellowship 
conference in Seoul, Korea. I got to speak outside. He got to speak inside. I spoke at the, I was the gutsy one because I spoke at the demilitarised zone between North and South Korea while bombs were going off. Glenn was in a safe church. Uh, and, um, but all these global leaders, and you know who the best out of every one of them, and I'm not just saying this, the best speaker at that conference was Glenn Barrett. He was amazing, literally amazing. And you have him every week. He's your pastor, so cool. What a crazy era we have just come out of and we're stepping into the greatest era of our lives, I believe. I believe that if you have an eternity mindset, you live with an eternity worldview. If you live with a temporal mindset, you live with a temporal worldview. Friend of mine, um, his mother was about to graduate to heaven. And he comes in around her bed and he says, Mama, are you nervous? Um, what, what are you feeling? Because, you know, you don't do that very often. Die. <laughs> like, there's only a few people that have died and lived again. It's not, an, it's not a normal occurrence. It's only once in your life. And, and he comes around her and he says, Mum, are you nervous? What, what, what are you feeling? She goes, I'm not nervous at all. I'm excited because I've lived for every day of this. This is what I've lived for, to see my Jesus face to face. And everything that I have been through is about this moment. Everything that I've lived for is about this moment. You see, here's a lady who had an eternity worldview. But if you have a temporal worldview, you'll get caught up with temporal things. And the Bible says, it, I did this whole thing on uh, end times and, and I went through all the lists that were gonna happen in the end times and every one of them's been ticked and it's being ticked right now. And you know, there'll be wars, there'll be rumours of wars, there'll be persecution, there'll be opposition, there'll be rumours, there'll be people make up things about you, all these type of things happening. And you see this happening all through Scripture, but then as Scripture also says in Acts 2, in the last days I will pour out My Spirit. So on one hand, the enemy is trying to do what he does, but on the other hand, God is doing what he does. And God is bigger than the enemy. But if you live in a, if say you're getting persecuted and you live in a temporal worldview, you get caught up with your problems. But if you have an eternal worldview, a heavenly worldview, you'll be like, oh, this is just part of the journey. Hmm. Amos chapter 9, verse 13 to 15 in the Message Bible, I really believe is a, is a word, is, it's, I'm gonna set up the word, it's not my main Scripture for the, the night, day, but it is a word that I believe is happening right now. It says, yes, indeed, it won't be long now, God decrees. Things are gonna happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. Who has ever felt like that? You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, this is what I'm here to declare over you. Blessings. Everywhere you look, blessings. Everywhere you look, blessings. Everywhere you look, blessings. Everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountain of the hills. Now, I don't drink, so I don't know what wine pouring off the mountain of the hills is like. Pepsi Max would be amazing. 
It says, And I'll make everything right again for my people, Israel, audacious, planet shakers, my children, and they will rebuild their ruined cities. They will plant vineyards and drink good wine. I know what good Pepsi Max is, so I understand that Scripture. And they'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. I don't know about that because I don't like vegetables. (laughs) And it says, and I will plant them, plant them in their own land. Okay. You are going to get buildings. Audacious Church. They're not going to be hired buildings. They're going to be your own buildings. They're going to be houses that house His presence Houses that house justice, houses that house places where the the lost, the broken, the hurting, the poor, the rich, the people from all nations. I love this church, it's multicultural, like my church. We have 150 nations in our church. It says, They will never again be uprooted from the land I am giving them. God says so. Your God says so. I believe that this year, there are things that are gonna happen so fast that you are gonna say, how did that happen? 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 How did that door open? How did that situation happen? Because God says, I've seen your pain. I've seen the strain. I've seen the challenge. And now I've got a counter to this. I'm gonna bring blessing, 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 blessing. Even in my brother here on the... First row, what's your name again? I forgot your name. Rafaro. We talked yesterday in depth about who he's looking for in a wife. So we can make it happen right now and do a wedding. Anyone who wants to marry Rafaro, bow your heads down, close your eyes and lift your hands. We've been interceding on your behalf. Amen. Anyway, (laughs) it says this. Here's the key to living in blessings is God's presence. Everywhere God's presence goes is His blessing is released. Obed-Edom had the presence of God turn up to his house and blessings happened. Such was the blessings, you know, his TV grew to 85 inch. His football team started winning every time it was on TV. Might not be winning outside, but just on the TV it was. Even his goldfish, the goldfish memories increased from two seconds to two minutes. Wherever the presence of God turns up. Remember Moses, God had called Moses to be a deliverer. He'd called him to set the people of Israel free from the Egyptians. And he, he has this encounter with God and he, and he argues with God. Who would argue with a burning bush? Moses did. So sometimes when we go, God, really? <laughs> Just remember Moses. And so eventually he takes the children of Israel out of Egypt and then we find him in Exodus 33 and God says, I want you to take them to the promised land. And he says, I'm not leaving here unless your presence goes with me. You see, what will get us to live in the victory God has called us to live 
is that we walk in His presence, that we're dependent upon His presence. We're not led by what the media says. We're not led by what social media says. We're not led by what our circumstances say. We're not led by the lies of the enemy. We're led by His presence. If you believe that, say Amen. And He says, well, show me your glory. What is that? His goodness, blessing. God is a good God. He wants to bless you. God's good, devil's bad. Devil wants to hurt you, God wants to bless you. God beat the devil, devil's a loser. That's why we can sing, Jesus is the winner. But I felt, I was praying to the Lord about this year. I always ask Him for what He wants to do. And I really felt really strongly that He said to me, this year is a year of victory. A year of victory. And I'll talk to you about the picture I saw in a moment. Um, But there's two Scriptures I want us to look at. One is Joshua chapter 6. And it says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. Did you hear that? (laughs) That weren't, the Israelites weren't afraid of, of the people inside, the Philistines. They were afraid of the Israelites. Wow. Remember when the spies went out 40 years before and 10 of them were afraid of what they saw and two of them weren't afraid of what they saw. They knew their God was bigger. We need to live in that mindset. We need to be like David who doesn't get into the, 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 the discussion of what's going around Goliath. You think about around Goliath, the, 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 the children of Israel, the warriors are there and they go out there and guys going, rah, 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 rah. And this is what would have happened. They would have stood in battle formation and then they heard the intimidation and they would have talked to each other. Geez, big, wow, he's huge. Look how big his head is. Look at his sword. Look what he's saying. And they would retract. So when David, he's not in the discussion of the culture. He understands culture, but he's not in the discussion of the culture. He's out there in the presence. He's out there with the sheep. Bah, 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 bah. He's out there looking after them. And so when he comes to face Goliath, he hasn't let the language of the culture get into his mindset. So he goes, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? So many times you can be in an environment that your head gets dominated with words of the enemy that intimidates you to back off. Where we need to be like David who just get in the presence of God and do what He wants us to do. So then we come into this situation, we haven't come into agreement with any lies of the enemy. Hmm. It says... No one was allowed to go in or out, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town for a day, for six days and seven priests will walk ahead of the ark and then carrying the ramps on on the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times and when the priests blow in the horns, when you hear the priests give the long blast of the ram's horn, have all the people shout as as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can, can charge into the town. And it says, the Bible says, so Joshua gathered them together and he, and he talked about that. And he said in verse 10, 
Do not shout, don't even talk. Now, it's a really interesting statement to make because prior to this, the men had been circumcised and if you ever know a man that's in pain, they always talk. Oh, I feel so sick. A wife has birthed a baby and a man has a cold. <laughs> baby, give me some soup. <laughs> so imagine getting men not to talk for six days after pain. So walking around, why did they say not to talk? Because the talk 40 years ago put them in the wilderness. So they decided to say, I'm not gonna let the talk get into my promise. You gotta be careful what sound you let into your promise. You gotta be careful you, what, you, what someone says gets into your promise. And the Bible says on the seventh day, they shouted and the walls come down. We all know this Scripture and I love this in verse 21. And it says, and they completely destroyed everything in it with their sword. And then it goes down to verse 26. It says, may the curse of the Lord fall on anyone who tries to rebuild the town of Jericho at the cost of his firstborn son. He will lay its foundation at the cost of his youngest son. So the Lord was with Joshua and his reputation spread throughout the land. What an incredible story of a miracle of the walls coming down. Victory, 40 years believing for victory, Joshua was, but in a moment it, it happened, it moved. But it, it, amazing Scripture says that let no one rebuild the walls of Jericho. You know, it was about four, 500 years before people tried to rebuild the walls of Jericho. And did you know that even today, the walls of Jericho no longer stand? It's crazy. So you, here you got God saying, okay, I'm gonna bring down the very things that stand in your way. I'm here to tell you, Audacious Church, the very things that stand in your way this year, if you believe they're coming down. Sickness is coming down. Accusation is coming down. Fear is coming down. Loneliness is coming down. Hopelessness is coming down. Poverty is coming down. Lack is coming down. So Old Testament, we'll go to New Testament now. In the New Testament, it says in Romans 38, 31, it says, Now then shall we say to these things, what shall we say to these things? If God, if God, we're not talking about anybody, not, not if my mum is for me, that's pretty good. Nothing like a mum getting all fired up, but nothing compared to God. If God is for us, who? 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 Oh, yeah, but I'm going through this challenge. Yeah, yeah, but God is for me. But I know, but you don't know who they are. I, I might not know who they are, but I know who He is. And He is the King above all kings. He is the Lord above all lords. He is the mighty one. He is the all-powerful one. If you believe that, give God a shout of praise in this place. If God is for us, who can be against us? Did He not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all? How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is, it is God who justifies. Who is He who condemns? The world condemns on the church. No, 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 no. Who are you? 
We are the bride of Christ. We're not perfect. We're just righteous because we're made righteous because of Him. <laughs> it says, it is Christ who died. And furthermore, it is He is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God and also intercedes for us. When you just read that, you go, oh yeah, God intercedes, Jesus intercedes for us. This is Jesus. He's interceding. You know, when you go, I see this, you have these powerful preachers come and you, and you get people line up because they want their prayer because they know they have something. They know they have something in their prayer life. <laughs> well, Jesus, <laughs> He has direct access. And this is how heaven works. You have an issue and you complain. Jesus is like, Dad, they've got an issue, but they're complaining. So I can't, you can't respond because they're not coming in faith. But if you have an issue and you come in faith, he goes, Dad, we need to do something. All three of us. We need to do something. And Dad's on the throne. He's the King. And he says, okay, son, give the charge. Holy Spirit, go! And all of a sudden, Paul and Silas in the jail. And the jail begins to shake from the foundations and not one person dies. I've never seen an earthquake that's shaken a prison apart and no one gets injured. Not one person was injured or died. When God comes and shakes your life, it never injures you, it frees you. So Jesus is interceding for you right now. And then it says, Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation? Becoming a Christian doesn't mean you won't have tribulation. It just means you have power through the tribulation. Doesn't mean you won't have distress. God gives you peace in the distress or persecution. See, the challenge with the church over the years is we had this really great period of time where we preached on the Father heart of God, which I believe. But so many times people have looked at the Father as Father Christmas. And come, come just be blessed by the Father and, and, and everything with the Father, Father. And, and that's all true. But the truth is when I become a Christian, doesn't mean I don't have problems. What's the difference is I have the Father to help me through my problems. I have the Father's perspective through my problems because I have an eternal worldview. I don't have a situational worldview. I have an eternal worldview. So there will be tribulations there will be persecution. I hate it, but it's part of Christianity. It says, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. And one of the most encouraging Scriptures written in the Bible. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Thank you, Lord, that very encouraging Scripture. I put it on my wall at home. I am a sheep for the slaughter. But it doesn't stop there. Yet, in all these things, what things? Tribulation, persecution, <laughs> trouble, distress. Yet in all these things, we are, turn to your neighbour and say, we are. We are. 
more than conquerors through Him who has loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, for no height, nor death, for anything created shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Would you give Him a shout of praise? I love how the New Living Translation says it. Notice by all these things, overwhelming victory is ours. Not just a victory, but overwhelming victory. The Greek word for victory is where you get the word Nike or Nike, it's pronounced. This comes from a Greek verb that's pronounced nikau, which means to overcome or to conquer. So a person who is victorious is a conqueror or an overcomer. We might say a winner. Here, you know, we see that God gives us biblical promises to those who are victorious, as we've just read, who overcome or win. This means we're not just called to beat our enemies and our enemies are never people, they're spirits and situations that come against us but we are to obliterate them, to win by a huge margin, to win by a landslide. The Greek term here used, the normal text for victory is nikau with a prefix hyper. So you get hyper nikau, which means to win convincingly, to utterly blow the enemy away. That as our, this is our calling when it says, we, overwhelming victory is ours. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. We're not just Nike, we're hyper Nike. Overwhelming victory, by the way. Pastor Ryan is from Ipswich and he's here for two weeks and, and let's welcome him this morning. Good to see you, Ryan. He's a Manchester City supporter. That's why he's on the front row. I was in prayer. So I, to build all this up, I was in prayer. The Holy Spirit gave me this picture, picture for this year. You want it? Cool. I felt the Lord say to me that this year was more than a breakthrough year, it was a victory year. Because when you break through, you break through a barrier and you, and you go further. But what happens is sometimes people have breakthroughs and something in life stops them and they slow down. And so what they've broken through catches up to them and they're back in where they were. That's not victory, that's breakthrough. This is a breakthrough year. So what this means, this is a victory year, which means to me, victory, this means the Goliaths in our lives, the walls of Jericho, intimidation, fear and doubt will come down in the Name of Jesus to never come near us again for they are destroyed. When the, when the walls of Jericho were destroyed, they were destroyed for at least 500 years. And if you can live, outlive 500 years, you're good. 
So for 500 years, there was no walls of blockage for promises. There were no walls to intimidate. There were no walls to lock out because God said that he who rebuilds these walls will be cursed. In other words, you're gonna live in victory and I'm not gonna let those things that held you back that you might've breakthrough from, you might've had a breakthrough through. Just think about this. The spies broke through the walls the first time, but they didn't take the walls down. They got into Rahab's home. They got inside. They penetrated, but they never brought it down. Hmm. And I felt the Lord say to me, people aren't just gonna have breakthroughs this year, they're gonna have victories. That the thing they've destroyed will never touch them again. Never touch them again. So are you ready for a victory year? Are you ready to see, are you, are you ready there at Chester? Are you there in Cardiff? Are you there in Geneva? Are you there in Manchester North? Are you there in Rwanda and Hawaii? We're prophesying. It's a victory year. We're not just gonna have breakthrough and that's nice and a break, no, no, victory is ours in the Name of Jesus. And this is what I felt the Lord say to me. There would be battles, but they'd be won quickly. You can't have a victory without a battle. The win, the victory is won, whatever that song. I'm gonna do victory, because the battle belongs to the Lord. That's true. And there'll be battles that come our way but I believe they're gonna be taken out quick, 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 quick. I declared this church, this word in our church on a Sunday and, and literally there'd be people who had been trying to get PRs for thir- three years. I was gonna say 30 years, three years. They've been trying, 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 trying. On the day, they would write another email. As I said, victory's coming. And within 24 hours, people, not just one, dozens and dozens of people got victory that day. In a moment, a battle that they'd been fighting. A guy lost his job the, two, the day after I declared victory in our church. And there was a battle for 24 hours. And after 24 hours, he got a job promotion. Because this is the God we serve. And this is what I felt the Lord say, any opponents, okay, no, this one. Anything of the past that tries to pull you back will be destroyed this year. That that thing you did back then that the enemy keeps reminding of you and grabs hold of you, that's gonna be destroyed. So you don't have to dance with a little wire pulling you at times. You can dance free. Because sometimes we dance and then we're like, oh, oh, no, no, we're gonna dance forward. And I'm here to declare over you today and over me today, anything of the past that tries to pull you back will be destroyed in the Name of Jesus. God wants us to look forward, not behind. And I felt the Lord show me this. Any opponents to your destiny are coming down. They're coming down. 
any opponents, sickness to your destiny coming down, poverty to the blessing of God is coming down. The things that have tried to be opponents to your destiny are going to be destroyed this year as we live in victory. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit here. But here's the, here's the thing to know is to live in victory, we need to have a victorious mindset, a victorious posture. And victorious posture is not an arrogant posture. It's a confident posture. Jesus was the servant King. He, he served His community through His kingship. So His posture was servanthood. His, his, his posture was so amazing that He could have a Judas in His life and still have the robe in one hand, His royalty, and have a towel in the other hand, His servanthood. This posture of victory that says, I'm not gonna let that, what that person says, what that situation says, control me anymore. I'm gonna have the posture, bless them, bless them, I'm moving forward. I'm gonna have a victorious mindset, a victorious posture. So, because the Bible says that we are children of God. The Bible says that God in... Um, in 1 John 3, verse 8, it says, For the purpose the Son of God was manifest, that He might destroy the works of the devil. So if I understand the works of the devil are destroyed, what are the works of the devil? Sickness, division, poverty, loneliness, religion. God came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy anything that's bad. So we gotta live with this mindset. God, you've destroyed it. In Colossians 2.15, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were raised against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in Him in the cross. This is a God we serve. And I, and I, I tell you, it's the fight of faith that we fight. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight the fight of faith. We've got to have our mindset, our hearts, based on what God says and not be consumed with all the clutter and all the na, 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 na and all the who did you know and blah, 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 all that stuff in the world. We've got to get that out of our thinking. Romans 12, do not copy the, the patterns of this world, but be let your mind be renewed by being transformed in the way you think. We have, need to have a victorious mindset. Everywhere I tread my foot is my inheritance. Because we, sometimes circumstances have weighed us down so much that we actually believe our circumstances over God. I remember when we planted our church just under 20 years ago and uh, musicians, you can come and make me sound more anointed. I mean, uh, there's victory here, church. That, that's why your prayer life is important because it helps you live in victory. That's why your worship life is important because it helps you live in victory. That's why unity is important because it helps you live in victory. That's why being accountable to one another helps you live in victory. That's why we honour one another because it helps us live in victory. That's why we take every thought captive because it helps us live in victory. And by the way, God gave us the ability to, to, to take every thought captive. Did you know that? 
One of the ways He gave us, the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. You know, when you clap, scientists have discovered that it stops the, the brain stimuli in your mind as you might be thinking a certain way. And as you clap, it stops it. So it gives you an opportunity to take hold of that thought and then replace it. The same with praise. So that's why when God says, clap your hands, all you people shout to God with a voice of triumph, what is it doing? It's helping you take control of the thoughts of your mind and replace it with the truth of God's Word. So now when I discovered that, I might have a thought and so I'll be in a plane. And the lady will go, what's wrong? I said, no, it's all right, just disrupting a thought. But when we started, 20 years, just under 20 years ago, I walked into the, the city and they, they said, Russell, you'll never be able to get in high schools here. It's impossible. I said, who said that? And they said, well, that's how it is. You know, We've been in this town long and we know, we know it better than you. And, and I said, but who said that? They said, well, it's just how it is. I said, no, 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 who said that? And they said, no, no, that's how it is. I said, no, 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 who said that? And they said, no, no, that's how it is. And then I opened up my Bible and I said, well, who said it here? In fact, what it says here is everywhere my foot treads is my inheritance. So that means the situation might be this, but God is this and He's bigger than the situation. Guess what? You know how many thousands and thousands of teenagers have joined our church over the years. You know how many schools we are in every week? 38 schools. They said, you can't get into universities. You'll never have clubs on university. I said, who said that? They said, well, that's how it is. It's really hard. I said, all right, it might be hard, but God's harder. He's stronger than anything that's hard. The thing that you've got to stop is stop hardening your heart and make it soft and harden your mind and say, come on, we can do it. Now, we have 5,000 university students in our church. We have every university campus that we have a club, but one, but that is coming. Every O-week, our church grows by 2,000 people. Every O-week. Every O-week, by 2,000 people. Now, some students go back, but we grow by 2,000 every O-week. Why? If I had listened to those people and they were well-meaning, they weren't bad people, I just, but if I listened to them, we would have two, not 2,000. This is a year of victory, church. Every year is a year of victory, but I really believe coming out of COVID and coming out of what we've been through, that we need the church to stand up victorious. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Yeah. It is the year of victory. And this is what I felt the Holy Spirit says, the counter, the counter to persecution attack is presence. The more I'm in His presence, the more I can handle anything that comes against me. And my Bible says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. My Bible says, every tongue brought in judgment against me shall be brought low. This is a year of victory in this place. Would you stand with me? And, and would you for the next 30 seconds, let there be a shout of victory. Let there be a clap of victory. Let there be a de declaration of victory. There is victory.
do that one more time. I was at the football yesterday. I'm a Man City supporter because I've been indoctrinated. And Leeds were there and they, you know, they have a small section of the, of the uh, cheer squad. And Manchester City were just cruising. And you're there and their cheer squad just went absolutely nuts. They were losing, but they said, okay, boys and girls, we're going to cheer and we're going to create an environment for those people on that pitch to score. And you saw this metamorphosis take place over the game and all of a sudden Leeds scored out of nowhere. Why? Because the crowd had, to, had prepared the place of victory. I, I believe there's going to be scoring in the Spirit and things are going to happen out of nowhere. Literally, as we praise God right now, as we lift our voices right now, as we sing right now. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 